0: It's the 365 Days of Astronomy podcast coming in three, two, one. Venus still reigns over the March skies with two conjunctions, three glorious visible planets each morning, and the astronomical start of spring. March 2020 is looking pretty good, and welcome to Observing with Webb, where a high school astronomy teacher tells you what you're looking at, why it's so cool, and what you should check out later this month. At night, I'll go through the uh, lunar events, some of the other events, some naked-eye planets, and a quick thing on constellations. So um, let's get started. So we've got the first quarter moon on the second. That means the right half is lit up and it's visible until midnight. Then about a week later, on the ninth, we've got the full moon, which is visible the entire night. Last quarter moon is on the 16th, so you get to get some early observing in dark skies first. Um, That's visible from midnight into the morning on the 16th. And then the end of the month again is a great time for dark skies as the new moon is on the 24th. Now, as far as events go, nothing really happens for the first... uh, two weeks or so. In fact, really the only thing is on March 8th, we have daylight savings time beginning at 2 a.m., which is good for the morning astronomers. You get a little more uh, darkness as you go into school. Um, but it also means most most astronomers have to stay up a little bit later. But let's move on from that. <laughs> That's a whole nother discussion, why we switch. But Uh, Then we've got some fun stuff going on. Uh, We've got from the 17th to the 19th, we have the moon, Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn having a nice close encounter for those three days. So all you have to do to see this is get out after 5.30, daylight savings time, get out after 5.30 each morning and... you know, All three mornings and enjoy First of all, just enjoy moving up And to the right, you'll see Saturn Jupiter and Mars In the southeast But from the 17th to the 19th, the moon will be joining the party So the moon will be Up and to the right of Mars On the 17th, just Below Jupiter, just below Jupiter and Mars on the 18th And about 6 degrees down Into the left of Saturn On the 19th then the following day, we have the spring equinox, uh, astronomically the first day of spring, even though meteorologically spring starts in the beginning of March. And, well, honestly, it should be the middle of spring if you look at... So, But that's a whole nother thing. Anyway, um, technically it is 11.50 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time on the 19th, but I take that as the 20th being the first real day, so... It's not important. Just move on with your day. Now, on the 20th, though, there will be a conjunction. I don't use that term very often, uh, but Jupiter and Mars on the 20th will be within one degree of each other. I'll go into more detail uh, when we talk about the planets, but the 20th, mark that on your calendars. Morning sky, conjunction with Jupiter and Mars. And then a week later, there's a nice close encounter between the Moon and Venus. Now, to do that, you just get out after sunset, watch the southwestern sky, and on the 27th, the Moon will be a young, thin crescent about a fist-width below bright Venus. And on the next night, the Moon moves to about 5 degrees to the left of Venus, a little bit thicker and a little bit higher. These are easy to spot, but 27th and 28th of March, close encounter between moon, the Moon and Venus. Then we have a second conjunction on the 31st between Saturn and Mars in the morning sky. They're going to be within one degree of each other, uh, and I'm going to talk about that in the Planet Info in just a minute. So there you go. Uh, Second half is really more exciting. Moon, Mars, and Jupiter on the 17th to the 19th with the moon. The uh, 20th is a conjunction, and the 31st is another conjunction. Put those on your calendar. Now. With that, let's uh, move on to the planets, at least the naked eye ones. So we've got one sunset planet and three morning planets with lots of excitement. So let's do the sunset planet, which is Venus, first. Venus will be off in the west. Uh, Cool thing is, this month we are reaching a maximum Venus. What does that mean? That just means it's reaching its highest height above the western horizon, and that happens on the 24th. Uh, Just watch the sunset. Look west. Venus is the brightest light and the first object that you see off in that direction. Now, if you have binoculars or a telescope, you can actually see that Venus is going to be half-lit. And that actually works with the geometry that's... Uh, When it's a 90-degree angle, uh, that's when you would see half of Venus being lit up. Uh, And that's when it would be highest in the sky as well. So make sure you take a look out there. uh, See if you can see that. And, uh, yeah, that's it really for Venus. It is going to start fading away. I think by the end of the school year, it's actually back um, in front of the sun for us. Now, throughout the night, we don't really have anything that's visible. But let's get into those morning planets here's what we got saturn jupiter mars and two conjunctions with them as well now the main show in the mornings is the lineup of these three planets any morning this whole month get out after 5 a.m and find the brightest spot in the southeast start there that's going to be jupiter that's the brightest one now, from here, from Jupiter, you can find Saturn and Mars. Now, Saturn will be the bright spot that is consistently less than a fist width down into the left of Jupiter. So find Jupiter, less than a fist width down into the left is Saturn. Now, Mars has a different story, though. Starting out on the opposite side of Jupiter as Saturn, so up and to the right, about a fist width up and to the right of Jupiter... That's where Mars will be on the 1st. Now, each day it gets closer and closer to Jupiter until it finally passes Jupiter just within one degree or one pinky's width at arm's length on the 20th. That's going to be a really great conjunction. So, on the 20th, Mars will be within one degree of Jupiter. But wait, there's more. Mars then continues this eastward march... And remember how I said Saturn was to the left, toward the east? Well, it continues to move, and then Mars gets closer to Saturn until it gets uh, to another conjunction on the 31st, where it's passing Saturn within one degree of the planet, which is pretty cool. Uh, This is a great time to get uh, the telescopes out to get some good pictures, see if you can get both of them in the same frame, uh, just... Absolutely wonderful time for the planet. With that, why don't we move on to some constellations so if you're out there listening to this and let's say uh, you're out there by 7 p.m. now Orion is going to be about as high as it will get for the night about halfway up the southern sky and it'll tempt us to tour these winter constellations how do we do that begin by finding Orion by looking for three stars in almost a straight line and close to each other this is Orion's belt And this is surrounded by a larger vertical, almost rectangle of stars. Orion is our guidepost for the other winter constellations. So just start at the left belt star and draw a line straight line connecting the rest of them and then continue that line far past the last belt star about 20 degrees or two fist widths held at arm's length there you will find the v constellation of taurus with bright red aldebaran at the top left of the v now taurus is part of a big cluster of stars known as the hyades remember that line you just made though Follow it just 10 degrees further, about one fist width, and you'll find a mini, mini dipper of stars called the Pleiades, which is another open cluster of stars uh, within our Milky Way galaxy. All right, let's rewind, go back to the belt, but instead, draw the connecting line from right to left and continue about 20 degrees past the belt. There you will find the brightest star in the sky, known as Sirius. Perhaps you can also see the constellation Canis Major, known as the Big Dog, which is the constellation Sirius is in. Now I'm going to stop there uh, for this month, and maybe next month we'll go to Gemini, Auriga, and Canis Minor. But let's say you're getting out before bed. You can look up straight up. You should be able to find Auriga and Gemini. Uh, The pentagon-shaped constellation is the charioteer known as Auriga, and its brightest star is Capella. And Gemini, the twins, will be to the left of Ariga, with Bright Castor and Pollux heading them up. Now, for reference, Orion will be below both of them. But let's say you're getting out before work, and uh, what you can see, if you look pretty much straight up, is the Big Dipper. Bootes and Virgo. Now the Big Dipper should be easy to find in the Northwest. Just follow the curve of his tail or handle to the next bright star you see about 30 degrees away. That is Arcturus. We call this follow the arc to Arcturus. That's the brightest star in booties, Bootes, uh, which looks like a kite. Now you take that same curve that you made and follow it about another 20 degrees to speed on to Spica, the brightest star in Virgo, one of my favorite constellations as it reminds me of the Dickinson Mermaid. So that is it for the month of March. Um, Make sure you get out there, especially that second half. You've got two conjunctions in the mornings. You've got some cool moon stuff going on. Don't forget that this podcast is found on my Podbean page, mrweb.podbean.com, also on Stitcher and iTunes. There's a video version on my YouTube channel. Username is MrWebPV, and I can be found on Twitter and Instagram as at MrWebPV. <clears throat> the Peckway Valley Planetarium and its events and updates are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as PVPlanetarium. With that, I'd like to wish you all very clear, dark skies for the month of March. listening to the 365 Days of Astronomy podcast. The 365 Days of Astronomy podcast is produced by the Planetary Science Institute. Audio post production by Richard Drum. Bandwidth donated by Libsyn.com and Wizard Media. You may reproduce and distribute this audio for non commercial purposes. This show is made possible thanks to the generous donations of people like you. Please consider supporting our show on patreon.com forward slash 365 days of astronomy and get access to bonus content. After 10 years, the 365 Days of Astronomy podcast is entering its second decade of sharing important milestones in space exploration and astronomy discoveries. Join us and share your story. Until tomorrow, goodbye.